back to The Breakdown, a show where curious millennials discuss relevant financial topics. I'm your host, Sasha, alongside Jeff. What up? And Taylor. Hi. This week, we would like to welcome back Associate Portfolio Managers, Jason and Stefan. Hey, guys. Hey. So this week, we'll be talking about housing, uh, specifically the renting versus buying debate. Great. So um, I guess we'll just start out, you know, what are the common arguments made in support of renting and what are the common arguments made in support of buying? Do you guys want to do a quick roundtable of, are you guys yeah, own sure. houses, yeah. you guys rent houses, just so everyone knows where we stand? Uh, none of us are, are like adults. We're just dirty millennials. Don't so. speak for me. Uh, I'm so sorry, Jeff. <laughs> but I'm not. I'm not an adult. I'm, I'm <laughs> Very much a child. None of us own houses out of the um, the millennial trio that's currently here. Uh, I myself, I rent. Um, I'm out in Etobicoke by Mimico. Uh, that's in Toronto, Canada. Yeah, where's for, uh, Etobicoke? Is that for those? It's, it's uh, like so you rent a condo. Those international I rent a condo. <laughs> How did yeah. you know I rent a condo? You told me about it. Oh, oof. I live at Wait, home you guys with hang my out parents. Outside of the podcast, <laughs> sometimes. Oh, jeez, well, thanks a lot, guys. Took a sip of my beer. Uh, but anyway, yeah. So Taylor rents. Sasha, do you rent or nope. do you own your own? No, nope. I live at home. Live in a box. My, live at home. Live at home. Parents. That was option four. A home is a type of box. In what, a way. What yes. about you? I, I I pay rent, but I live at home, so it's the worst of both worlds, quite <laughs> frankly. Um, but yeah, so so I mean, I think most people around our age are probably renting if they have moved out. So let's start with renting. What are some of the main sort of advantages of renting? I mean, flexibility is kind of the first one. Uh, usually when you rent, you lock in for a year to, uh, to begin with. Uh, and then after that, I mean, you become kind of a free agent and you can move if you like and you can stay in your place if you like. So it's it's good from that perspective. Uh Buying a house is obviously a huge commitment, so uh, because it comes with generally an extremely large amount of debt, so uh, renting gives you kind of a little bit more flexibility. It may end up being kind of cheaper, uh, or it should end up being cheaper in kind of the sh- at least in the short term. Uh, yeah, because if you're spending more money, you might as well buy a house. <laughs> yes. <Right>? Yeah. <laughs> if. So it was more expensive than... And I think the podcast is done. (laughs) Well, thanks for joining us, guys. That was great. I really enjoyed myself. And then, yeah, so a flexibility is a big thing. Uh, And then you also avoid a lot of fees. Like, uh, you don't have to pay taxes generally. Sometimes utilities are included if you're renting. Are your utilities included, Jeff? Uh, They are included. Yeah, thanks. That's a perk. I got a break. I got a break. Thanks, mom and dad. (laughs) Really close with the landlords. We're really tight. Uh, And then, yeah, if things break down, any repairs or maintenance, you get to avoid that. And there's a lot of, like, unexpected uh, costs that come along with home ownership. But there's a lot of benefits as well. Uh, So it really depends on, first of all, where the market's at and where you are at in your uh, life, I guess. So we talked a lot last week about or last month about time horizon for investing. Uh, we're going to bring that word back up. I hope it's not uh, too dirty for anyone. So much fun. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so if, you, if you're ready to settle down, you have a job, you're not moving from city to city, maybe you have kids and you want a specific neighborhood, uh, that's a good time to buy. And um, if you don't know what you're doing next year or the year after, then maybe you want a little bit of that flexibility. 
Cool. So, uh, <clears throat> I mean, I, I, I've heard it phrased that, like, uh, let's say if, you know, you're just looking at it purely from a cost perspective, rent is kind of the most you'll pay per month. And like a mortgage payment on a bought condo or house is like the least you'll pay per month because you can have unexpected, like you were talking about, like fixtures that need to be replaced or stuff like that, like maintenance costs that otherwise wouldn't, that would be covered when you're renting by your landlord, but would not be covered, obviously, if you own. Yeah, so so I would say markets are always changing. The How you phrased it, I would say it's not characteristic right now just because the price of house, the price of buying is so high right now. Right. So that obviously means that your mortgage payment is, has gone up. But what, what I'm sorry, what I meant was that like, let's say your mortgage payment's like $2,000 a month. Yeah. That's the least you'll pay that month for right. your house. Whereas uh, if yes. your rent yeah, is like yeah. $1,800 oh, okay. yeah. a month, that's the most you're going to be paying for your living situation as kind of like a larger yes. macro budget level type thing is what I'm... Yeah, it's... I mean, it's an interesting way to look at it. You... It's right though. That yeah. is correct. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, yeah. But I get your mortgage payment could be three times as much as what sure. rent would be. Right? For sure. So yeah. That's yeah. why we're yeah, just yeah. getting caught yeah. up. No. That. Uh, yeah. So. So. Okay. So renting things long term uh, is that just apartments or is there other sort of like? No. I mean, you could definitely rent homes. Uh, there's like again, we're in Toronto, so there's definitely a lot of homes available for rent. Uh, it's a smaller market I guess than the condo market because people move out of homes and typically only need one bedroom two bedroom kind of places as you get farther along uh, into like bigger houses you're less likely to have them in the rental market just because from an investor's perspective it's a lot more money you have to put in to buy a home to then rent out so the risk is a lot higher because you've got if you then say you have a tenant, the tenant leaves, you're not renting for a few months. Well, that's a lot of money that you're going to be missing out on a house. Whereas in a condo, you can kind of live through a few months of maybe not having a tenant. So, uh, but typically most rentals, I would say, are kind of either purpose-built apartments or condos. But there's definitely a house rental market for right. sure. right. And then, so yeah, if you want to move on to the benefits of buying, I think, uh, well, first of all, I just want to bring up that Stefan has actually made some notes uh, for this podcast, which what? is very uncharacteristic. Very out of character. Yeah, yeah, no, quite frankly, I didn't. They're uh, just like individual words that I want to remember to say. They're not really let's, let's hear some sentences. Kind of like a word of the Home day. inspection. Lender fees. So... Long term, we talked about uh, investing in a savings plan last uh, podcast, and right. uh, Stefan and I would agree that long term, uh, buying a house is a good way to force yourself to save, and it's a good way to, over a long period of time, over a couple decades, to gain financial independence. So if you can, uh, if it makes sense to buy a house, and you can pay it off uh, over the next 20, 25 years, uh, most likely that house is going to be worth more and you paid off the debt so now you own uh, a large asset and if you look at Canadians and probably Americans as well the their largest uh, asset is typically a house or the, their primary residence so it's a good way to actually build up your financial net worth and it since you're paying off monthly mortgage payments it uh, it goes to uh, your equity so uh, that's one thing that you lose out on uh, renting but 
you can get to periods where arguably maybe we're there right now in Canada, uh, and a lot of people would agree it's all over the press, uh, etc. That okay, house prices can get way detached from first of all what people can afford, and second of all where rents are. So if uh, house prices go up two times and rents go up ten percent, okay, now it probably makes sense to rent depending on where you're at because uh, it's a lot cheaper. Yeah, so we, just a couple numbers, uh, I'll have everyone know I do take notes, um, which I was given flack about last time. Thanks, man. Uh, Extensive notes. But just running through a scenario, so if we look at the last uh, 20 years, uh, so since 2000 till now, which is uh, August 2018, uh, so the average uh, income in Canada went up 60% over that time, where the average house price went up three times, went up 200%, so way more than wages. So like a lot of people would ask, okay, how is that possible? Uh, so when you look at, for those who are not familiar with how mortgages are structured or how they you come up with what your monthly payment is, uh, the two biggest things that factor into that are the wage or what someone can afford to pay a month and then interest rates have a huge, huge impact on that. Um, so going back to 2000, mortgage rates were above 6%. Uh, and now they're 3.3% um, or thereabouts, depending on where you borrow from. So from six to three doesn't sound like a huge drop, but if you look at the average house price in Canada right now, it's about half a million dollars. Uh, and so if you were able to afford, uh, say a mortgage at, uh, if you wanted to pay $2,400 a month, at 3.3%, you can afford half a million dollars but if that went up to 6.25, you can only afford 25% less because so much more of your monthly payment is going, going towards, towards the interest. Uh, towards the interest, yeah. So affordability could come down. So that's why when interest rates are low, you'll hear people talk about that. It, it could be risky for housing because if they do go up, people can afford less. Now, I guess uh, that's another thing too that I, I you know, just because I have not in the market for a house or anything, but I found. So a mortgage, a, your mortgage interest rate is not fixed, right? It, over After a certain number of years, it changes or something like that? Or? So uh, a lot of this depends on where you are. So in Canada, most mortgages, I would say, are typically structured as five-year mortgages, and you can be either fixed or variable. So a five-year fixed mortgage means you're going to be paying the same interest rate uh, for the entire uh, five years. But... Mortgages are not like you don't plan to buy the house for five like over five years. Not many people can afford to buy a house in five years. So uh, mortgages in Canada typically have twenty-five year amortization periods. Right. So really, what you're buying for over twenty-five years, you're only locking in your interest rate for five years. So after five years, your situation may be. Uh, may be different. You may say you lose your job just before your uh, mortgage renews, or you could be charged a completely different interest rate. Uh, like it, just in general, mortgage rates could have gone up, they could have gone down. There's a lot of different variability there that is a, a lot of risk in when you're buying something as large as a house. So after that kind of five-year period, you have to be comfortable that you've given yourself enough room that if interest rates are higher and maybe in the last five years your wages didn't go up, you would still be able to uh, 
fund your mortgage. Yeah, I mean, that's that's definitely one of the things that sort of, I guess, tripped me out. A, just again, because I have never looked into a mortgage and have had no reason to, but the fact that you can budget like X amount of dollars per month over like a 20-year, 25-year period, but then after five years, that could be like an extra couple hundred bucks a month. And if you, if you know, for no fault, or obviously fault is a, not necessarily the right word, but through no difference of what you're doing to pay for it, like all of a sudden you're now, your your mortgage payment's gone up like $300 a month. And like, you know, that for some people that could be the difference between like making that payment and not making that payment, especially as, as we talked about, like wages have stagnated and you can't, you know, you haven't saved enough or you haven't compensated yeah. for that. Yeah. So that's a big risk. And in Canada, they, uh, they now implemented a stress test. So all borrowers say you're able to borrow at 3% from the bank. Uh, to get through the stress test, they uh, they need to ask the question, okay, if it went up uh, 2% to 5%, would this borrower still be able to afford it? So even if you're borrowing from someone else at uh, a higher interest rate, there's still that 2% buffer that they are looking to, uh, they're looking at. So um, since I'm 24 and thinking in the near future, possibly about moving out, um, I'm just wondering if I rent, will I be stuck in renting forever? Like, or if I want to move from renting to owning, is that possible? Well, the first question, we hope not because we didn't mention it before, but both me and Jason also rent. So we are not expecting <laughs> One to be... One of us. One <laughs> of us. We're not expecting to be renting forever. Um, but... When you, are, financial, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> when you are, when you are renting is you are then responsible to for your own savings. Like when you buy a house, you generally require a down payment, or I say generally, but in Canada you always require a down payment. So uh, in Canada, like anything less than a twenty percent down payment, you actually have to pay extra to get mortgage insurance. Uh, because legally, if you don't put more than twenty percent down, you have to have more. So 20% down in what Jason just said, the average house price is now $500,000 in Canada. You need to be able to save up $100,000. So just for the down payment, just for the down payment, just for the right to buy a house and then get a mortgage on top of that for the other 400,000. Yeah. So we can look at an example uh, of a friend of ours at work, a uh, real life example. So uh, there was a house that just sold in Richmond Hill for $2 million and he signed a lease to rent it for $2,700 a month. So uh, massive difference. So first of all, if you wanted to buy that house, uh, you would first of all need to come up with 20% or $400,000, which is a, a massive sum of money. And then you would still carry a mortgage for about $1.6 which would be uh, a little under $8,000 a month. So instead of coming up with that big lump sum payment uh, and then $8,000 per month, he was able to rent it for less than $3,000 a month. So you get to save that initial down payment and you get to save uh, over $5,000 a month uh, that you can now put into a savings account. So uh, it makes sense to kind of not spend that money, uh, but put it in a savings account for when the housing market does change and maybe it makes more sense to uh, buy in the future versus rent because the dynamics do change uh, over over the years. And so you can save up for that down payment uh, if you want to buy a house in the future. Uh, so I guess uh, 
to sort of bridge the like we've been talking about last last time's episode uh, about investing. So if we're let's say putting a certain amount of money away into like a, a savings account or whatever, should there be a separate account for like saving for a down payment, or should all of their savings be concentrated in one account, or like how you know what's the best way to sort of diversify our savings? So that like, like when we were talking last week is those large purchases, I mean, obviously a house has got to be the large purchase, right? Yeah. So we're coming back to time horizon. We knew we'd make it back. Nice. So oh boy. you can see it on the horizon. <laughs> yeah. And the it time was only a matter of time. Yeah. The time. So, <laughs> Come on, Jason. You crazy guy. I'll show myself up, guys. Thanks for having me. So here are we. Uh, now, do you separate it? Not necessarily, but you do have to think about it differently. Because if you plan to buy a house five years from now, how you save and invest the money that you are saving along the way is definitely going to be different than for retirement. Like we talked about last week, uh, you need the like the risks in investing, as we talked about, is being able to have your money available when you need it. So if you need it five years from now, you need to you t- typically would want it uh, invested in something safe so that you are ready five years from now to buy something. Right, right. Unless, I mean, you're not saving enough and you just need to shoot for the moon. Yeah. We wouldn't recommend. Shoot for the horizon. (laughs) So you'd recommend always going for investing as opposed to something like a uh, TFSA account? A TFSA account is an investment or can be an investment account. Okay. Typically would be an investment account because that's just a uh, uh, or a tax-free uh, account. So any money you earn within that account, you don't have to pay taxes on. Okay. So yeah. if you you would like, in theory, you want your highest returning investments in that account because then you don't have to pay taxes on the gains. Gotcha. But it is using after-tax money. So it's not like a... That's kind of the difference with your uh, RRSP where you're using... Your RRSP, you get to deduct it from your taxes, so that's kind of considered pre-tax money. TFSA is post-tax money, and I'm sure one of these podcasts will get more in detail into that. One day, but today is not that day. No. So since we're talking about rent, I'm wondering if it has any effect on your credit score. Uh, no, it does not. Uh, not. In Canada, at least, it doesn't. Uh, credit score, they typically look at... Actually, right, we can do a podcast on credit scores. That's a good note. Oh, um, a <laughs> little behind the scenes there for the folks at home. Uh, but a credit score is typically based on the liabilities or debt you have um, and whether you can pay off your bills. So oh. great ways are if you have your own cell phone, it'll be registered in your name or hydro bills or if you have a credit card and you make purchases on it and then paying that off. But rent is not... Uh, I guess formally logged like those. Uh, it's typically a lease agreement between you and your landlord, and it wouldn't go to the credit bureau. Seems kind of dumb to me because I mean, like, if you're paying rent, like, especially in since we're in the Toronto area, and Toronto area, there's you're paying a lot for rent um, for most situations. If you're paying that much per month and you're paying that off, like you're you're, you're going and making those large payments month by month then if you're being consistent with that, shouldn't that be something that should get logged to that? Uh, I see the rationale, and you make a good point. It could affect you on the downside, so if you don't pay, and then your landlord takes you to court, and then you have a claim filed against you, that could (laughs) negatively affect your score. But I guess one way for it to positively affect is there are different platforms out there that let you pay rent by credit card. 
Uh, so if you put it through the credit card system, maybe that would be a way to... Uh, but then you have to pay off your credit card. You have to pay. And that's really where the credit score is picking it up. It's just this guy spends a lot of money on his credit card, but he pays all the money off. Mm -hmm. So, okay, so it's about consistency. They look nicely. Gotcha. And so, is the same thing going towards a um, a mortgage? Like when you're when you're doing your mortgage payments, does that affect your credit score, or is it it the same thing? It would because I, or at least I believe it would. I'm not an expert on this area, but it is formally logged. So it's it's yeah. formal payments. It's coming out of your bank account. I would assume. But it is. they would also look at, like depending on what you're using your credit score for. Then they look at well, you have this debt. Like in our example, four hundred thousand dollars is now a debt that you have accumulated. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and I like I know you need a decent credit score to get into the renting game. You need a decent credit score to get into mortgages, or is uh, it... I would say a credit score is more important to get a mortgage than it is for renting. Okay. Depending on who your landlord is. Uh, I mean, some landlords look at credit scores. I would think most landlords probably should look at credit scores. But when you rent, the bank knows a great deal... Or, sorry, when you buy or get a mortgage, the grant, the bank wants to know everything about your financial history. So they will definitely look at your credit score and that will affect the interest rate that they offer to you. So uh, if you have a, what is considered a subprime credit score, they are more likely to uh, offer you a much higher interest rate. Or it may be possible that a kind of schedule one bank may not want to give you a mortgage and then you have to go to an alternative lender who would have a much higher interest rate as well. Okay, that's scary. So you want to have a good credit score. Noted. (laughs) (laughs) So Toronto's housing market is crazy right now, um, as we all know. Um, Super expensive. Is there kind of, are we seeing in the markets, are things going to settle down? Like when is the bubble going to burst? (laughs) Never. Oh, I wish we knew the answer to that. Two years ago, I read an article that said, oh, two years, it's going to burst. And now it's just worse. That article uh, lied. Yeah. It lied so bad. I would say it got much worse the first year of that two-year life or two-year period. And then it's, I mean, prices have definitely come down over the last year slightly, but over a two-year period, they're still up drastically. Yeah. So uh, if you could tell us when it's going to crash, that'd be also great. <laughs> no, you're the but, expert, uh, not not. Uh, yeah, no one knows. And yeah. if someone tells you that they know, uh, hold on to your wallet because yes. uh, they don't know. I, I literally just bought VIP tickets to the Real real Estate Wealth Expo next year, so I hope... Is Pitbull there again? I, Pitbull will be there, <laughs> Sylvester Stallone, yeah. and See, all the heavy hitters of the yeah. real estate market. Jeff, yeah. can you, can exactly. you remember us when you're famous? I, <laughs> come back no, promises. no promises. No promises. Come Would on. you guys want to come? Because like, I'm trying to sell the tickets. <laughs> Let me know. Uh, thanks, guys. This was great. Um, next month, we're going to be talking about debt. Uh, Jason and Stefan will join us for that as well. So we just wanted to thank you guys, um, and we hope you enjoy this episode. Yeah, thanks, guys. It was great. Thank you. Catch you next month.